We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, before we bring Matt Perino on, a quick update from UB Stadium. UB defense forcing a Coastal Carolina stop and punt on their second offensive drive. So UB takes over with a tied 7-7 game over at UB Stadium. If you want to tune in and uh, catch any live updates, you can check it over at The Bet 1520, our sister station. Let's go to the Wester Hotline now because Matt Perino joins me to talk more Bills and Dolphins. Matt, first and foremost, thanks for joining me, my friend. Um, It's been a little while since we talked, so I'm happy to have you on, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so I'm doing the the people's workout here in, in the sunshine and uh, beautiful weather. Uh, good for you, South Florida. Yeah, so good for you. I apologize. Good for you. <laughs> um, are you at least going to hang out and see our buddy Marcel Louis Jacques? Yeah, I'm going to meet John Scott in a little bit. Uh, he's got a nice little hotel set up, so we're going to hang in there for a bit, and then we're going to head over to Marcel's. Make sure you tell John I say happy birthday because I know it's his birthday as well. Um, Indeed. So, Matt, I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit. I just I had Joe Marino on from uh, Locked On Bills last segment. We talked almost at length about the Bills' offensive problems last week, their offensive line, and, and sort of what to expect from the defense of the Dolphins. And, and I, and I want to maybe go back and start last week with you on the Bills' defensive side of things. And and ask you what stood out to you. You know, I thought overall they looked a lot like the team in the unit defensively that we saw them play like at the end of last season, which is a far cry from the team we saw in the first six to eight weeks of the season last year where they just did not look like a top 20 Sean McDermott coach defense. What what has changed for you in the final stretch of last season, including the playoffs, which I think they really stood on their head in that Baltimore game, and that carried over into the week one last week? What What's the thing that stood out to you the most? Two, two guys, Ed Oliver and Taron Johnson. And if they play like they played last week, I think that this defense has a chance to be really, really elite, like top three in the league. I think they're going to get pass rush. I think Greg Rousseau will, will develop over the course of the season. I think it was a bit of an eye-opener last week going from the speed of the game in the preseason to what it's going to be like in the regular season. But he'll figure out ways to win. His size and speed, I think, are going to be a lot for people to handle. But I also think, you know, Ed Oliver's play, I and mean, we've talked about it at length this week, how good he looked. He did that from both defensive tackle spots. And that's one of the things I harped on over the offseason was get him out of that one technique spot, let him just rush the passer in that three-tech role. But he's showing that, all right, he went back into the lab, figured out that at times, even with Star back this year, they're probably going to ask me to go play one tech. I've got to figure out how to win there, too. And so he did that. That's, that's a huge sign. I thought he was their, their best, most consistent defensive player. And if he's going to be that guy finally, the ninth overall pick, this defensive line becomes really scary because you did see on a limited 
basis, Mario Addison in that new role flashed a little bit. He had the one sack. He looked quick. He looked fast. And he's got to stay healthy. I mean, he's 34 years old. Jerry Hughes looked as good as ever. So there's a lot of things you saw from this defense at all three levels where you're excited about it. And then Taron Johnson, I thought that for as good as he was in that Baltimore game last year, listen, their secondary struggled against Kansas City. Don't get me wrong. But he's got to be that guy that steps up. And I think that because he's going to have so many matches in the slot, whether it be a tight end, whether it be a speedy wide receiver, he's going to get asked to match up with some of those guys. I'll be interested to see if he gets some Mike Gusecki work tomorrow. Mm. But I think he's... I think he's a really good player, finally coming into his comfort zone, not only in this defense, but who he is going to be in the NFL. Big contract year. I, I think that's a good sign, what we saw from him last week, too. You know, I think it's funny, too, because you look back, Matt, and this was a player that had essentially lost his position to Cam Lewis, right? Like a guy that's an undrafted free agent out of UB. And from that moment, he has looked, acted, carried himself in a different way, and it's shown on the field. And I, I wonder how much that personifies exactly what Sean McDermott preaches to this team is just follow the process, do what we ask you to do week in and week out, day in and day out at practice, and you're going to have success. Like This is a player that this team has developed from a player coming out of Murray State who you know, at times flashed early on in his career but couldn't stay healthy because of the, the, the style of play that he plays with and, and sort of the level of, of, of physicality plays with what to you about Taron Johnson's game and his development maybe makes you most excited about him in this contract year, which again, you know, could make things very difficult for the bills. If, if he continues to play at the level that he's playing at. I think it's been a little bit of, you know, figuring out how to maintain his body with the physicality demands of the position at this level. He plays the game like a linebacker. I think Dude, in a lot of ways. He stood <laughs> up Najee Harris last week. Like twice. Yeah. Like stood him up. And that's not a little back, dude. Like that is a that's that's as big of a back outside of Derrick Henry's. You're getting in the league. Yeah, and John Scott sat down with him this week, put up a really good piece about him. Uh, I, I highly recommend going and checking it out. And he said, you know, he has no fear. I mean, he 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 kind of welcomes that physical part of the game. And I think what we saw out of him in his first two years really allowed the Bills to transition into the kind of style of defense that they want to be and have an extra defensive back out there and know that when they need him to be physical, like, I mean, listen, the whole offseason, Pittsburgh's been talking about being this ground-and-pound team, and Harris, to your point, was mostly ineffective. So I think his story, Levi Wallace, uh, Matt Milano is a guy that now – signed the big deal, but this is a former fifth-round pick afterthought that the Bills really developed, and they've done a really good job in their back seven finding some of those pieces, and even Hyde and Poyer, to a lesser degree, uh, not drafted players, but free agents that they found. It's, it's kind of the model that they have, and now it's going to come down to, can this front get consistent pressure? I think Tua is in for a real bad day tomorrow. I, I know that there's a lot of excitement around what he did last week, and I went back and watched that game twice. And I think that he is playing faster, and he does understand the offense more. But I think that this defense, led by Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, they're going to throw some curveballs at him tomorrow. And the way that they funnel in the rotations and the wave uh, of pass rush, 
I have a feeling this Miami offensive line might struggle with that. Just a quick update uh, from UB Stadium. Matt Meyer enters the game. He goes in from 14 yards, gives the Bulls a 14-7 to lead over the number 16 team in the nation, Coastal Carolina. And again, that's over at our sister station, the Bet 1520. Matt, uh, Matt Perino here on the Wester Hotline. We're talking Bills Dolphins. And Matt, before we move on to, to Tua and Dolphins, because that that's... We want we got to we got to keep the people waiting on the program who are listening or just tuning in. Before we get into that conversation, I did want to ask you one more quick thought on the defense and and a guy that I thought it was very clear the game plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers was to target at length at will Levi Wallace on the field. That was their game plan. Do you expect that to be a similar game plan this week and moving forward? Does he need to what needs to happen for him to stop being targeted, and and is the is the answer simply nev- nothing because the other side nobody wants to target the other guy. You know, I went back and watched, like I mentioned, I watched the game a couple times, and my takeaway from Wallace is he's got to make a play or two on those big time plays where you know you you forget about the three or four decent plays he made, and I know the viral video of him falling down on that one route, but that was a a bad rep. I thought that his rep against Deontay Johnson in the end zone was about as good as you can play it. And he got a hand on it. He just didn't, he couldn't do enough. It was a better play by the receiver that's going to happen. But, you know, when you're going one-on-one down the field and you know you've got to make a play on the ball, you know, you've got to get your head back. You've got you to shift your body around. And so I think the more he does that consistently, the Listen, he can, he can play at a higher level. He can make more plays, and I still think he's going to get targeted just because teams, there's an aura around Trey White. Now, I will say, I think that, you know, over the course of the last 18 games, 15 games or so, Trey White's had his own issues at times. And I think the teams, you know, as that continues, maybe teams will start to go at him more. But, you know, Levi Wallace, is he's a solid player in my eyes. I, I, I get the the group think from the fan base, you know, seeing a lot of times when the big plays happen, you know, they tend to happen against Levi. But I, I go back to listening to what Leslie Frazier and, and Sean McDermott talk about with this guy. They trust him in the moments when they feel like, as a defense, they need him. On a third down, wrapping up and making a tackle. If Levi Wallace is an, on an island with a ball carrier, can they trust him to make that tackle? That's valuable to Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. It may not be to the fan base looking at him, you know, giving up that big play or giving up a, uh, a P.I., but they scored 16 points last week. you got to win that game, and I think it comes down to making more plays on the offensive side of the ball. I do agree that that wasn't a defensive issue last week. Yeah, and, and I look at this too, Matt, is the league is tilted in such a direction for passing offenses in the league. That's why that teams like Cleveland and these run-first, Tennessee, these run-heavy teams – are missing the boat a little bit because all of the rules just they're, they're, they lean so hard into the passing game. And I think about that that Levi Wallace play where he essentially gets called for rough, or for um, for pass interference because he didn't turn around for the ball, and yet he covered that player did did a great job of avoiding any level of contact, but gets the the flag called just because he didn't turn his head. And I wonder, like my issue is obviously with the rule, like. What 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 more can can defensive backs in the NFL do? Particularly, you, you're talking about Trey White over the last you know 15, 16 games or so, and yeah, you're right. Like there, it definitely hasn't been like shut down Trey, top three or four corner in the league, Trey. But I think a lot of the plays he's been falling victim to, Matt, have really just been a, a, a maybe like a, a a product of circumstance and 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 poorly called. 
I shouldn't say poorly called. It's just how they're written in the in the rule book. And I think we all ha- are starting to realize that there are issues with how this is being called across the league. Yeah, and it, you know it's tough too. Like if you t- if you go from a philosophical tendency perspective with with Levi, you know he talked a lot about this off season, like the work that goes into being a good off off corner, and you know learning your your technique and how to play as a part of a zone defense where as opposed to where he played heavy man in in college. So when you get in those situations where you do have to kind of go one-on-one and you've been working so much on that patience and, you know, how you're going to react to players while, while kind of fulfilling what your defense is asking you to do, I think that, you know, sometimes you're caught in the, in the middle of it. I, I think Trey White and Levi Wallace, they have some of the toughest jobs in the NFL because of the kind of flip-flopping back and forth and they did play a little bit of man last week and I think when you get in that situation you got to go back to you know what you're comfortable with and try to make a play on the ball and you're right I mean sometimes a lot of this stuff so ticky tack I thought the one I was expecting to call on Levi on that one that Ben Roethlisberger kind of floated up and and Claypool kind of fell down and Levi kind of tumbled over him you know yeah, I, I was equally as surprised as you on that play. I know exactly the play you're referring to. Uh, Matt, before I let you go, we do. I, I, I want to touch base a little bit on on this this Dolphins team um, and, and sort of what you're expecting from them tomorrow. Uh, listen, I mean, this is a Dolphins team that likely has a bad taste in their mouth from Week 17, a, a playoff berth on the line, and they just they lay an absolute egg against Matt Barkley um, and and that Bills team. I mean, that 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 was as embarrassing as it gets um, for for at least NFL teams particularly one uh, in a division opponent against second and third stringers. What are you expecting in terms of bounce back? And you, you talked a little bit about Tua Tunga-Viola, and, and we had Joe Marino on last segment. He talked about when Tua gets rid of the ball in under two and a half seconds, his quarterback rating is like 100-plus. When it's anything more than two and a half seconds, his his quarterback rating drops into the 60s. Um, how much of that is, is at play this week, and, and, and how much do you expect um, them to try to get rid of the ball and get rid of the ball quickly tomorrow? So two things. First off, I don't know how much how how personal the Dolphins could have taken that that butt weapon. The Bills took out their starters. I mean, it's like the Bills were rolling over, and the Miami Dolphins still didn't want to do anything about it. So I don't think they spent the off season pining away at the chance to get back at the Bills. Like the Bills gave them every opportunity to win that game. It wasn't even anything uh, I think out of the ordinary. It was it was a Dolphins team that just didn't show up, and until they. Until they end up being a different version of that team, I, I know they went on the road, they beat the Patriots, but I'm not as bullish on the Patriots after watching that game. I thought their defense would be a lot more effective, a, you know, a lot of scary talk about the additions that they made defensively. And, and who knows, that might, you know, Belichick will get a couple weeks into the regular season, get some tape, get some reps, and, and we'll see what that, you know, materializes as. But when you talk about Tua and, and this offense and, you know, I think even if he does get the ball out quick, this is the kind of defense in Buffalo that has a chance to really frustrate this offense. They're quick to the ball. They, they hit you, and they, and they play a physical style of ball. Matt Milano, two full days of practice the last couple of days after dealing with that ankle injury earlier in the week. He was a menace last week. And I think you know Jalen Waddell going over the middle, Mike Gusecki, um, I know Will Fuller's out, but they got Devontae Parker. They're going to play physical with them, and I think this could be a big Tremaine Edmonds game as well. Uh, I, I like a lot of the different matchups. I think they should be able to overwhelm this offensive line, and I, I'm picking the Bills. I think I am too. I, I, I just I wonder I wonder what 
if at all, the Dolphins try to change defensively in order to slow down the Bills' offense. Like I, I part of me thinks there's no way they fundamentally change what they do defensively, which is run lots of man, blitz the hell out of teams. Like that is what's got them burned. I still just have I have a lot of questions about if they believe that they it's something they need to change, or if they just lean into it even more. I, I would bet they lean into it more, and I, I think they might look at it as it's execution. They need to execute better. It's not the scheme. I, I'm looking forward to them running out there and tons of man coverage um, and, and trying to blitz Josh Allen because I think that plays right into what the Bills want to do. Yeah, I think they'd probably dial up the Chiefs tape and figure out a way to get some pressure and overwhelm the interior of the line uh, and then play a real physical brand of coverage with Stephon Diggs. Like go back to Bashad Breeland uh, in the playoff game, and he really roughed up Diggs in that game. And they played physical with Cole Beasley as well. But I think that there's just too many matchup problems for the Dolphins secondary. I mean, Beasley, I think Emmanuel Sanders, you targeted eight times, he had four catches last week. You know, another week of practice, I mean, he was in his playbook all week. Uh, you know, he had a bet day on Thursday. He said he just rehabbed and, and was studying. And, and I think a 34-year-old uh, vet like, like Emmanuel Sanders, he comes out and shows you the fruits of that labor this week. Um, and then, you know, I put up a story about John Policiano. I checked in with him this week because he, he took a lot, you know, on the chin after that performance last week. And, you know, he, he wore it. He said he wasn't good enough. He, he asked Brian Dable to let him go one-on-one with Cam Hayward, and, and he didn't get the job done. And I think that you're going to see him bounce back. That offensive line group is really prideful. The one area of concern I still have is the conditioning level, mm, the, the health and that heat. of Deion Hawkins, which I mentioned this going into last week. I mean, the, the guy had – he missed two weeks of training camp. And he was still hopping and puffing on practice days as much as, like, two weeks ago. So we'll see how, how quickly he kind of gets that conditioning level back because that's a, that's a big piece of this, that if he continues to struggle, I wonder if the Bills don't maybe think about a, a little bit of a rotation, giving him a few blows, getting Spencer Brown some reps. Yeah, especially, Matt, with the heat and humidity that's going to be at play um, tomorrow during that, that game. And, and that's something we're going to pay close attention to right now, looking like some isolated thunderstorms. Luckily, um, 87 degrees, nothing, nothing crazy for South Florida, but a 77% humidity, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid and it should be fairly sunny. So it'll well. That's something definitely to monitor tomorrow for sure. Matt, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and uh, I'll have Marcel Louis Jacques on next segment, and I'll, and I'll give him I'll give him some um, some love. But uh, make, make sure you give my man some love when you see him. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Appreciate you, Matt Perino, there of New York Upstate. Great as always. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.